Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni. And I'm Tafari Jemian. And you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week, we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Before we dig in, we'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where we're recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. So, Tefer, we're, we're back after a, a brief summer-induced hiatus, how you doing, how you feeling, how you eating? Last week, I actually just started a new job, and it is entirely working from home, which is the first time I've had entirely work from home in, like, I mean, since I was just doing freelance work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So this week, I've been really enjoying the flexibility that comes from working from home. Sure. And one thing I've noticed about working from home is that I am eating much more, like, consistently. Right. Uh, because it's a lot easier. But I've gotten, I've been on a real smoothie kick mm-hmm. lately. Um, I feel that that like once you're in your 30s, you kind of have to give smoothies another try. <laughs> you know, it just kind of happens. Like sure. you'll see, you'll see Grasshopper. Yeah. Give it a couple of months. So I've been doing like smoothies with protein powder pretty much every morning because mm-hmm. it's a way to get my dumb brain to take in some nourishment sure. <laughs> before the day starts. Because <laughs> if I do anything more complicated than that, um, I'm probably not going to eat until you know 2 p.m. Right. And so I've been mixing it up with different fruits, uh, but one I've really been enjoying that's kind of a surprising combination. I found a recipe uh, mm-hmm. from it actually on Instagram, and I don't remember the person's handle, and I'm sorry, but you can ask me about it if you want, and I will send you to it. Uh, but it's basically like blueberries, milk of your choice, protein powder, cinnamon, vanilla, and peanut butter. Okay. And it's definitely a combination I never did before Mm -hmm. and I tend towards like mixed fruit things like I don't often do a smoothie with just one fruit right so it's been kind of a fun like experience to discover I don't know something outside of my smoothie zone and it's been really really tasty so that's kind of been my like my big food explorations how about you how's your how's your food week been how you been eating I've been eating okay we pulled out the grill yesterday Mm -hmm. for the first time this month which is that true I mean, it hasn't been that much July so far, but yeah, Good it's point. true. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did steaks, and that is always just a real like yeah. oh, pleasure. Yeah, it was so you know? good. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. Uh, I did like slightly overcook one of them. because But it I, wasn't yeah. mine. No. And, so that and was really nice. That's it. You know, I did save the best for you. Uh, and I mean, frankly, the overcooked one still tasted really good. It just didn't have the texture I wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's life. Yeah, food week. Good food week, I think. Yeah. Lots of fresh fruit. Yes. Which has been really nice. That we went to the market really nice. last weekend, which was excellent. Mm-hmm. And actually is why we are talking about what we're talking about today. But before we move on to that, I just need to give a little fresh fruit shout out to our little garden that's really uh, knocking it out of the park this year. It is. We have so many raspberries. Yeah. And we have these ancient currant bushes that I transplanted last fall and wasn't <laughs> sure if they would like survive. Mm. And they're... Um, 
churning out currants like there's no tomorrow and uh, that has been really nice we've also got a couple of balcony strawberries Mm -hmm. but I'm finding they're not very flavorful Mm. Uh, so I'm I'm wondering if I'm over watering them I'm gonna pull back on the watering a little bit and see if we get some more concentrated flavor but I'm really excited because um, I planted a varietal from seed that's more like closer to a wild strawberry varietal and I wasn't sure if I would even get any berries or even any blossoms Mm -hmm. this year but we do it is starting to bloom and create baby strawberries i'm very excited about that yeah i mean that's promising at least yeah yeah i i've been really enjoying like every morning on the way to work when i leave i grab like you know if there's one or two ripe raspberries i'll grab those if not i'll grab like a handful of currants because that thing is really like like just it's current city outside yeah it's it's yeah it's crazy yeah that bush like I feel like no matter how many times I pull like upwards of 15 berries off of it, Mm -hmm. there's more the next morning. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I love it. Me too. Yeah. We need to make current jelly. Toby keeps reminding me of that. It's true. You, you need to, you need to follow through on that. He's going to be sad if we forget. No, we'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about currants. We are here to talk about fruit, uh, but not fruit that we are growing. Unfortunately, we do not live somewhere where this fruit would grow particularly well if we tried. The fruit we're talking about. Both of our ancestors did. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Today we are talking about a fruit that thrives in dry climates, uh, which unfortunately, uh, as evidenced by the flood earlier this week, is (laughs) not something (laughs) that we can apply to where we live. Apparently, Canada's tornado alley is moving, Mm. uh, like so many Canadian youths picking up from the prairies and moving on over to Quebec and Ontario. So we got a little a little taste of that. And just like the youth from the prairies, we don't particularly want them here. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe maybe being in Tornado Alley will drive the cost of housing down. <laughs> That's a better direction to go with that. Dear God. All right. We're here to talk about apricots. Let's stop beating around the bush. Apricots are lovely little stone fruit. They're uh, in the same family, not in the same family in terms of the fucking phylum, etc., cetera, uh, but in the same, like, you know, family colloquially as plums. They are small. They are yellowy-orange. They are soft. They are delicious. Uh, and they are a fruit that is significant to both you and me. Uh, mm-hmm. They are, in fact, the national fruit of Armenia, They uh, are not the national fruit of Hungary, to my knowledge, but they are a fruit that Hungary does a lot of. That is the exact opposite of what I expected. I know. Let me. I really. You've always told me it was Hungary's national fruit, and I always assumed that was true. Yeah. um, Instead of just being like, like essentially true. Yeah. No, Hungary's national fruit is oranges. Plain and simple. Uh, but You can grow oranges in Hungary? Apparently. I had no idea. No. Uh, and know. Armenia's, I really thought, would be the pomegranate. But right. no, it's the apricot. Yeah. Now, we're going to probably interchangeably say apricot and apricot because you and I pronounce it differently. Both ways are acceptable. Wait, Both ways are accurate. Which way do I pronounce it? You say a. I say a. Okay, good. That's, that's what I thought. Yeah. I say it correctly and you. Look, <laughs> both are legit. The only reason that I go for the ah, I think, is because of French. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I was looking into, like, where its name comes from. Its name does come from, like, Old French and, you know, apricot anyway, it does. Uh, All the other languages that I can find with names that are similar to apricot for this fruit are languages where it would not be an A sound. It would be an ah sound. So for me, it's like, yeah, that's where I'm going to go. But apricot is so so widely accepted mm-hmm. that I'm not going to harp on it beyond establishing that we're going to say it differently and that that's okay. See, apricot just sounds round and cute. 
Sure. Like, I'm a little apricot. I'm a little apricot. <laughs> it doesn't sound the same when you say ah. Yeah, That's fair. entirely what my position is based on. And you know what? That's a valid reason to call it what you call it. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the pricots. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like I said, they are the national fruit of Armenia, and actually the ones that we are like most familiar with here in North America, and also like in a lot of parts of the world, uh, at least parts of like the Western world. Uh, I think in Asia, there's like a much wider variety of them, so this cool. may not be true. Uh, but in like... North America and Europe, the ones that we're like most familiar with are like, I believe it's called P. armenensis or something to that effect. And they're like, you know, directly named after Armenia. Oh, hey. Uh, And this is because when they were given that name uh, at that time, we just thought that Armenia was where they came from. It's not, it turns out. They're from China and Central Asia originally, if you go back far enough. But Armenia and now Turkey are like the largest producer of this kind of apricot. Well, what I saw is that apricots, like Alexander the Great, brought them back from Armenia to Greece. And sure. that's when, like, European distribution and cultivation of apricots started. Sure, yeah. So that might even be where that comes from. It's just, like, Armenia was the place they were funneling through. Yeah, that um, makes sense. In the supply chain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. Uh, but yeah, like a lot of fruits, uh, it turns out their origin is in parts of Asia. But yeah, it didn't take very long for them to travel far and wide and become super popular, like everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like I said before, they prefer dry climates. They Mm -hmm. thrive in dry climates. Uh, You can't really grow them in a place like Montreal that is, you know, humid and wet Mm -hmm. and gross. Uh, But they love, you know, parts of the world that are not. And so they thrive in, you know, the Middle East and they thrive in Asia and they thrive in a lot of parts of Europe that are drier Mm -hmm. than, you know, we are. And they can also handle like more cold than a lot of other stone fruits. So like a peach like really loves something that's like dry and warm, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But these guys actually can handle cold as long as the cold is dry and as long as the spring frost doesn't hit their flowering stage. Because if they get frosty when they're flowering, they don't produce fruit. Yeah. Uh, So they're like a little temperamental. But if you're somewhere where that spring frost does not line up with their like flowering mm-hmm. time in their cycle, it like works out perfectly. So they tend to do best in places where the temperature is like fairly stable and like that frost doesn't even necessarily happen, you know? Just like me. Yeah, just honestly. Just like me for real. That's the thing. I, I hear all of this and I'm like, okay, so they like to be somewhere where they're not going to be constantly sweating and they're also not going to be like unpleasantly cold. A lot of fruits like to grow where I too like to grow. We're all my- a little stone fruit. <laughs> my uh, my grandfather, my Pippe, had mm-hmm. an apricot tree. My yeah. Armenian Pippe, in fact. There you go. He also had, you know, several. He had a whole little orchard in California when they moved out of California. But he had an apricot tree that did very well. And uh, yeah. it was lovely. Yeah. It, would, it makes sense to me that they would do well in California. Yeah, like, Northern California. So, yeah. Northern, I mean, and this was Northern California 20 years ago. Right. Yeah, because they don't specifically need cold. They just handle cold. Yeah. You know, like they think they still. <laughs> Similarly, yeah. similar to me. <laughs> well, that's it, right? Like, you know, they, they like to be somewhere that's dry and like warm enough. But like if it gets a little chilly, they're not going to complain. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So how would you describe the, the flavor of an apricot like biting into? Because I have trouble with this one. I know I love it. I know that when I bite into a ripe one, I'm always like, oh, hell yeah, here we go. But when it comes time to actually like find words to describe without being disrespectful, I don't know. 
I would say uh, it has soft, velvety flesh with a strong fragrance or a strong aroma. Mm-hmm. And uh, upon biting into it, it's it's sweet like honey, sweet like honey, mm-hmm. but with a real strong tang underneath mm-hmm. and afterwards. I would say it's it's not super juicy. I would say it's like moderately juicy because the mm-hmm. juice is more in the flesh than in something like a peach or a plum where it pours out. Right. Like, which is kind of where I get with like soft or like it's and I won't say creamy, but it's like, you know, it's it's dense. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think there's like a very like soft sweetness to it. It's not like a sharp sweetness. It's like a very that's why I compare it to honey, mm-hmm. almost syrupy. Yeah. But then like real tangy underneath. Yeah, yeah, that's it. No, I think that's exactly it. And I think honing in on the softness makes a lot of sense with it. Like, they are... I I can't think of anything softer in terms of fruit. There's a point where you go from soft to squishy. Yeah. And they're not necessarily squishy either. You know? Oh, there's, there's a point dip. at which they go squishy and they're not fun to eat anymore. No, exactly. That's it. But it's like an ideal one. Yeah, it's like... It's like a good piece of bread almost. Sure. You know? I mean, I think the other thing with apricots, when you don't live somewhere where you can get them fresh, because like raspberries, they're very tender, mm-hmm. which means they don't transport super well. So a lot of the time they get picked pretty green. Right. Um, it's really hard to get good ones. It's yeah. really hard to find good ones. Mm-hmm. And so finding a good apricot here is like... It's just like such an event unto itself. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. And like this week, I've been having a lot of good ones. Like mm-hmm. the ones we got from the market were pretty good. But then the ones that we got just at the grocery store a couple days ago were yeah. even better. The only one I got of those was mushy. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I, I just I just had bad luck. I just really ate so many of them yeah. also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love them. Have we talked about the kernels of the apricot before? I don't think we've talked about it on the show. Okay, okay. So the kernel or the pit of the apricot, like a lot of other fruits, seeds, or pits, uh, can actually cause uh, cyanide poisoning if you have yeah. too much of it, is surprisingly versatile okay. in like food uses, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I don't know off the top of my head that any other like stone fruits or anything get used particularly often mm-hmm. uh, for you know cooking or baking or anything. And maybe someone will prove me wrong. I'd be really curious to know. But the kernels and apricots actually get used in uh, a couple of really fun ways. Mostly from, from the way that I'm familiar with is uh, in products that are uh, Italian in origin, mm-hmm. like the liqueur amaretto and uh, amaretti cookies, which oh, are not the same thing. They're so good. <laughs> which feels really deliberately confusing i don't Mm -hmm. know but the amaretti cookies they're like a a kind of thin crunchy almost like a macaron they're a cookie made with meal rather than flour and so they're very dense and crumbly but but moist yeah but also often like airy too you know yeah they're they're really good uh and for the longest time i thought those were just made with almond flours i think they often are they are a lot of the time except for specifically amaretti di sarono which uh if Serono sounds familiar. It's because it's also the name of a like very popular brand of amaretto, the liqueur. Okay. Um, and Serono is a town in Italy that's like that's the thing they're famous for mm-hmm. is is using apricot kernels to make things. Now I did a little digging into Serono to find out if I could you know learn about like historically when these cookies first came to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's not an actual like historical story, but it's been kind of like. 
they've made a legend out of it. You know, there's like an apocryphal story, right. which is that in the 18th century, a visiting bishop to the Italian town of Sorono was given a gift of these cookies as like a welcoming gift that were created as a brand new snack in his honor specifically by this like young married couple who lived in the town. Mm-hmm. And he loved them so much that he blessed this young married couple with a long and happy and fertile marriage to guarantee <laughs> that their recipe would continue to be passed on from generation to oh generation. Um, so I kind of am obsessed with the idea <laughs> that these cookies that I love exist because some bishop just like stumbled upon them in a small town when a young married couple decided to try something new. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's very funny. That is very funny. That's extremely fun. Now, I didn't know specifically about um, Amaretti and apricot kernels. Sure. But I do know that there's a very common uh, seasoning used in baked goods in Armenia and that region of the world called mm. Greece uses it as well. It's called malab in Armenian. It's called malepi in Greece. The cherry um, one. And it's a cherry, the inside of the cherry pit uh, yeah. ground up. And it similarly got that cyanide almond flavor to it. <laughs> right. Uh, but did you know what else is a member of the stone fruit family that you wouldn't necessarily expect? Peaches, 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 peaches? No, peaches you would expect because they're a fruit with a stone inside. Uh, oh, oh, an unexpected pe- an unexpected stone fruit member. Mm-hmm. Just a sec. Oh, cherries. Because you just said cherries. Am I just overthinking this? Is it cherries? Y- no, it's not cherries. It's sneakier Shit. than that. Uh, Do you want one more guess? Yeah, get, can you give me a hint? Or will um, a hint give it away? A hint would probably give it let away. Let me think, let me think, let me think. It's also biblical. This really narrows it down for me. It's either pomegranates or apples. This is hard. This is hard. Given that pomegranates on the inside have shitloads of little buddies, whereas apples have seeds that contain cyanide, I'm going to guess it's an apple. Is an apple a stone fruit? It is neither an apple nor a pomegranate. What the fuck? What's the third fruit in the Bible? Almonds. Oh. Almonds are stone fruit. So if you've ever cracked an almond... Almonds are nuts. (laughs) If you've ever cracked an almond in a nutcracker, have you? I'm mad. Have you ever cracked an almond in a nutcracker? I'm mad about this. (laughs) So if you get whole nuts in the shell, (laughs) you'll see the almonds just in the shell just look like peach pits. This is bullshit. (laughs) So if you ever... (laughs) Crack open the next time we have a stone fruit, we'll crack the pit open, and you'll see that the little kernels that get used look like teeny almonds and taste like teeny almonds, also just really bitter. So this I knew because I've seen apricot kernels before, yeah, like cracked open and have seen the little bit inside. Um, and I should have thought about that connection to almonds, except that you made me think it was a fruit, and I'm mad. I said it was stone fruit. It's yeah, the category. Well, yeah, but, it's uh, accurate. But I wasn't trying to misdirect. We don't eat almonds like it's fruit. We eat almonds like it's nuts. That's why I couldn't tell you the hint I was thinking of, which was you it's not don't actually a fruit. you don't buy it at the you don't buy it to eat its fruit. Yeah. 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 Okay. On that note, we're gonna take a quick trip over to the mid roll so that I can get over my blinding fury at almonds <laughs> for being a stone fruit, and then when we get back, we're gonna talk a little bit more about apricot. <laughs> 
Hey ho, let's go to the mid-roll where we are now. Uh, if you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review we get during the month of July, we'll be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need. So by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating and review of the show, you're functionally donating $6 worth of food to people who need it. There is literally no other way to turn zero into six, so if that math is exciting for you, do it! You can read all about what the Depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. We have an exciting announcement this week. <gasps> the mid-roll's going to be a little different Ooh. because we have reached our $50 a month goal on Patreon. Pew, 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 pew. Thank you so much to everybody who pitched in to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and as promised, we will now be launching our No Bad Food Recipe Club. Yeah, boy. Now, I will say technically we only reached $50 in American money we're still only hovering around 40 canadians so depending on who you are and what country you live in listening to this maybe donate 10 extra dollar so we'll be uh launching recipe club for all our american (laughs) listeners (laughs) canadians have to step it up (laughs) no it's okay wait that's backwards also canadian we're at 50 american we're at 40 that's, I thought that might be the fact. Yeah, that's how that works. We're historians, not mathematicians. We're not no. historians. We just like food. That's not, yeah, but also, I'm technically I'm a history student. I'm not in school. You're not. Listen, <laughs> I need to know that. Don't tell the Quebec government's financial student aid office that, okay? Yeah, it's yeah. backwards. So, so uh, recipe club American, launching for Canadians. If you're American, give us more money. Uh. No, but what we really mean to say is thank you, and we're very excited to start releasing recipes yes. for you to try out and share. Mm-hmm. Uh, share the results on your Discord or your social media. If you're hearing this and you're like, wow, that recipe club sounds pretty dope and rad. Wish I was part of that. Uh, come join the club at yep. patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod today. Yeah. We'll be putting the first recipe club post up on our Patreon very, very soon. Uh, I'm kind of making it a soft goal to do it before the end of the month. Month, every month so uh, baby cloud, I believe in you. do we have anything else we should drop here in the middle or should we get back to dropping stone sick truths about <laughs> stone fruit <laughs> all right here we go how do you like to eat your apricots okay so when i get one i like to put my thumbs along the crease and pull it open so that I can just pull the whole kernel out of it and eat the fruit in one big bite. You know what I mean by the crease, though? My lambs! I do declare! You're giving me the vipers. (laughs) You know what I mean by the the crease, though, right? I do, and as I've said before on this show and stand by, eating fruit is just inherently a little steamy. Yeah, exactly. So please, go on. Tell me more about sexy stone fruit. Yeah, uh, I always like to, like, pull it open get the pit out of there and just enjoy the whole fruit like in my mouth all at once Mm -hmm. um sometimes i'll do half half you know but mostly i don't like to bite directly into it okay with the pit inside okay because i think because i think that i had the experience just like one too many times as a kid of biting in and biting the pit yeah which like awful feeling yeah the worst feeling Mm -hmm. whether you bite directly into it and it's hard or you scrape it 
Yeah. Neither is good. So pulling them open for me just works, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I really like it. I, I like them whole and fresh. I like them uh, sliced and like baked into a tart of some kind, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I fucking love amaretti. Yeah. Uh, I don't love amaretto because I'm sober. Dried apricots are also really great. Yeah. Uh, I like to sprinkle those on like an antipasto board if I'm mm-hmm, doing something mm-hmm, a little fancy, mm-hmm. you know? And I recently had a really nice apricot nectar that we started selling at the Oof, store. Yeah, bring that yeah. home sometime. Sure. Uh, th- so for me, it's I think like top tier is just fresh. Yeah. And then like baked is second, I think, for me. And then all other forms are third. But like a close third because they're still delicious, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Love to have a close third. Um, yeah, whole and fresh, so good. I have to admit, though, that I am a really big fan, I think, more of apricots in things than I am of eating them. And that is only because I have rarely had access to consistently good apricots. Sure. So, like, I know you've gone to Hungary and had good fresh apricots. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have never had that experience. I'm sure I did in California, but my parents moved, my grandparents moved out of that house when I was, like, I don't know, 10. Sure. So, like, they're very old (laughs) memories. So, uh, with the caveat I also always have to make that, like, I don't feel comfortable saying yes or no about a fresh fruit till I've had it (laughs) as it's supposed to be eaten. Sure, yeah. I love, uh, I love an apricot Danish. This is like okay. Danish. You don't get Danish very much here because there's more of the Vienna, Viennoiserie here <laughs> than the like deli pastry. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But in Boston, we had a lot of Danish and like an apricot Danish that has like a little bit of a cheese filling and then two half like glazed apricots oh, in it. Like, yeah. So good. Let's see if we perfect. can find you one while we're in New York. God, yes. So I love that. Like, for me, an apricot Danish is, like, top tier. Like, very, very good. You can also get, and I used to get these at Trader Joe's, um, and so I'm sure they exist here, but, like, I haven't seen them since. You can get apricots um, packed in honey. Okay. So they're, like, actually preserved by just being layered in a jar of honey, and so then you have honey that tastes strongly of apricots and apricots that taste like honey, and it's very nice. But you can also, I also really like them just like canned in like white grape juice, like not a syrup, but like even lighter because it preserves the flavor of the fruit really, really well. And they just take so nicely to canning. Like stone fruit do generally like peaches are wonderful yeah. canned too. Uh, as you know, peaches come in a can. Yeah. Um, they don't say the same thing about apricots, but this was again, Trader Joe's like you can get mm-hmm. them in like white grape juice sure. and they're just, the texture is just perfect when it's been canned yeah. like it's got the bite to it it's like perfectly ripe sure um and you really get the flavor i love that front and center so for me that's like baked i mean i think stone fruit baked is just so delightful like all yeah. stone fruits baked are delightful yeah. it's funny i i love like canned peaches yeah me it's too been, i don't know when we i last had canned, canned peaches. peaches like they're so good though they're so good i've never thought about the equivalent of that as apricots but like that's got to be fucking great it's so good that's got to be perfect well you like the apricot nectar right yeah it's like that but little fruit yeah yeah so good it's so it ends up being almost like when they're baked onto a tart or something yeah oh that's perfect yeah that's what it should be yeah yeah i bet uh i bet the place that has the polish donuts has them oh maybe gab i know you're listening (laughs) do some research for us find out if they (laughs) 
Bring us some donuts while you're at it. Bring us some donuts. Gab. You don't give us. Oh, that's. Wait, that's a food moment we didn't mention earlier. Mm. Is that this week, Gab, our Patreon and neighbor extraordinaire, and uh, according to our youngest honorary family member, uh, and like, I mean, according to all of us, yeah, yeah. honorary family member, Gab, messaged me and was like, I made a whole carrot cake. And I was like, amazing. Like, carrot cake so good. Top notch. <laughs> then he's like, yeah, it's way too much for me to eat. Um, do you want to come over and have some cake? And I was like, yes. <laughs> yes, I want to come over and eat your cake. Like, absolutely. Um, so I went over on Tuesday, and this carrot cake, this might have been the best carrot cake I've ever had. And I've had some damn good carrot cake sure. in my life. Like, yeah. there was a woman who, uh, one of the, the mothers of one of the girls in my class in school who would make, like, legendary carrot cake. Um, if Chris Walker is listening, you know you know what it's about. This might have been better than Mrs. Costa's carrot cake. Wow. Which is, like, so blasphemous. I'm expecting lightning to strike me. But, like, and then we got to bring two pieces home. And it was just, it was perfect. It was layered. It, was really it had pineapple in it. It had pecans on top. It mm-hmm. had, like, the cream cheese frosting. Damn. Yeah. It was so good. It was I, so good. I ate that too fast. Yeah. Because I, I wanted another slice as soon as I was done. Yeah. Like, it was one of those situations where I, like, dug into it, and then I was like, oh, shit. He did tell me where I could find the recipes. It was really good. But I don't know if it will be as good as Gab's was, because, like, it was the, just really good. The guy's kind of a wizard in the in he's, the, in the the baking, huh? Yeah. He's, baking he's, wizard. He's a, he's a wizard in the uh, sheet pans. Lizard in the streets, wizard in the sheet <laughs> pans. Clown in the streets. <laughs> So is there any other kind of apricot or apricot? No, just call them apricots now. Uppercots. Uppercots. Are there any other kind of uppercots? <laughs> Nobody says that. Are there any other kind of uppercots that you like to consume? You briefly mentioned dried apricots. I did. And I feel like we have to give dried apricots a shout out just yes. for carrying the entire snack world on their back, yeah. on their fuzzy little backs. Yeah. Like, Calling them fuzzy is a disservice, I think. Velvety? Velvety, maybe. They're velvety little backs. Yeah. Uh, that's, that is nice. For, for everybody who grew up in an almond mom household. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. I do. Yeah. Are you hungry? Have a, ha- have a handful of almonds. They're a treat. Yeah. If you grew up in an almond mom household, dried apricots are the closest thing you get to candy outside of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. shout out to dried fruit for giving me little treaties in my sad beige childhood like dried apricots they're delicious you can s- talk about splitting them apart so you can eat the whole thing mm. like i love to peel apart a dried apricot and then you have the little sticky inside and it's just fun doesn't work for me it doesn't work for me you know <laughs> or, how i feel about sticky or you can split it open well you have the velvety side so so your fingers don't get to oh there we go or you can split it open I mean, A, just to make your little treasured snack last longer in your hot little raccoon hands. Two, you can take an almond and put it between the halves, Uh. just like you do with a date, and just, like, eat the whole thing. And that makes the almond a stone fruit. Exactly. Okay, okay. It's like going back to the apricot's essence. Yeah, I like that. And you can, like, if you, when you open them, you can then, like, stick them to your tongue and, like, stick it out at your sister. They're also there. Well, I don't know if they still are, but they used to be a very good source of iron because they mm. would be dried on iron sheets. Oh. And so they would pick up iron. Oh. I mean, maybe the fruit itself is also a good source of iron. I'm going to mm-hmm. believe that because yeah. I like them and They're I'm anemic. Really yeah. 
One thing about dried apricots is that they always make me cough. Oh. Uh, I think I'm allergic to one of the things they preserve them with. Interesting. Um, but I've had like unpreserved dried apricots like that they don't put the sulfite or whatever in to keep them orange and tender. Okay. Uh, and they are, it's like, I don't want to say it's like diet culture found a way to ruin one of its good things, um, but it is a little bit. So I just eat them and cough. Yeah, fair enough. they're worth it to me. Raw apricots have uh, 3% daily value of iron. Okay. Dried, it's 20%. Okay. Does the serving size change? Uh, Is it like eating like... 100 grams for each. I don't know. Right, but 100 grams of a fresh apricot is a lot more than 100 grams of a dried apricot. Right, right. Yeah. Well, so yeah, so a raw one has 86 grams of water in it. Yeah. Per hundred, whereas the other has no grams of water by virtue of being go. dried. So, so it's considerably more. You're yeah. getting like six times as much fruit. Good to know. Yeah. I love dried fruit. Dried yeah. fruit has gotten me into digestive trouble more than once. So apricots, yeah, dry them, boil them, put them in a jar. I was going to say you could maybe even put them in a stew. Honestly, yeah. Oh, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Any kind of like uh, any kind of stew, you'd use any dried fruit in. Like yeah. throw your apricots in. So good. I had a really good, I think it was a deer pate maybe mm-hmm. with apricot in mm-hmm. it. Or maybe it was rabbit. I don't remember. Some mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, gamey kind of pate. It was I, delightful. I love fruit and meat. Like yeah. we could, we I could definitely, I love, you know, California cuisine. Like we mm-hmm. could talk about fruit and savory dishes sure. for the whole episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's very nice. Yeah. We got to just start keeping some like more dried fruit around. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think I might be moving into my almond mom era because I was just thinking through this whole episode like we don't have any raw almonds in the freezer. The good what news am is, I, where am I going to get a little treat? The good news for our children is that even if you become an almond mom, I will always be a burger dad. You wouldn't love me anymore if I was an almond mom. I would probably still like I would love you. I would just not allow our household to become a strictly almond mom household. You know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Like we'd have to have fun food too. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I mean, if I was an almond mom, I would be passive aggressive about that because that's part of the whole thing. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like also controlling what... I, anyway. Are you an almond mom? Tell us in the comments. Oh, my God. Were you raised by an almond mom? You may be entitled to financial compensation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Should we wrap this baby up? Let's wrap this baby up like a little apricot. Let's stuff this baby inside an apricot like it's an almond and call ourselves stoned fruits. Let's... Waddle this episode in bacon and skewer it on a toothpick. Let's get cyanide poisoning and call it quits. Not that last one. No. Thanks so much for listening to No Bad Food. Want to join the conversation? Hit us up on the socials at No Bad Food Pod and individually at Teffer Bear and at Tom's Alatni. If you like this episode and want to help us make the show even better, head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and donate. For as little as $1 a month, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Chantal H. Number 1, Gab, Thomas, Erica, Andrew, Chantal T. Number 2, David, Mallory, Sarah, Nell, Carol Ann, Rachel, and Aslam. I have to point out that after we uh, referred to our newest Chantal patron as Chantal 2, she reached out to us and asked how she could become Chantal 1 and ended up increasing her pledge in order to buy that honor. Um, May you all conduct yourselves accordingly. Go forth and do as such. Truly, truly. Our patrons, uh, even the ones 
ones who aren't number one get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. So if you want to make Tom talk about almonds for a whole episode. I'll do it. And how it's a stone fruit. Uh, head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and make it happen. I'll be an almond Tom if I have to. Almond Tom. Ooh, it would be my almond joy to be your almond Tom. Well, it's our anniversary. <laughs> uh, we'll be like the Almond Brothers. We also have merch. You can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends at the Podcavern merch store. And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach Colonel Mustard Ingles, <laughs> and our cover art is by David Mild Cyanide Poisoning Flam. You can find links for both of them in the description of this episode. And last but not least, this show was produced by Tom Zalatni. That's me. And Tefera Jemian. That's you. And edited by Tom Zalatni. It's me. As part of the Pod Cavern Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at www.podcavern.com. Ooh, baby, I love your kernels. Understand. It just takes a little time. It takes a little time. It takes a little time. No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. Have you ever wondered what it's like to live in a city full of superheroes? To literally see people fly across the sky? To... To... Oh, ah, crap. What are you up to, Angus? Oh, hey, Sal. Uh, I'm trying to record an ad for the podcast. Heroes don't do paperwork? Yeah, that one. Need any help? Yeah, actually. Um... I'm just trying to tell people about the show, about, about how you and I work at a newspaper in Super City, and how we interview various citizens, from the people we call neighbors to the city's greatest heroes. But I'm having trouble wording it. You could just use that section you recorded and put that in. Huh. Yeah, I, I suppose I could. Thanks, Sal. Don't worry about it. I'm off to the office supply store. It got hit with a shrink ray, so everything is 50% off. Want to come? You know what? I, I kind of do. Oh, uh, <clears throat> for those of you hearing this, if you want to hear more about the thrilling adventures and heroics of Super City, come check out Heroes Don't Do Paperwork on the Podcavern Network. All right, let's go. Hey there, I'm David. I'm Tess. I'm Giovanni. And I'm Greg. And we're Left Trigger, Right Trigger, your video game book club. Each episode, we pick a topic, and each of us brings a video game that we think best fits that topic. Tune into the show to find out how Super Mario Land is all about travel. Or how Bloodborne is a game about sacrifice. Or how SimCity is actually a conspiracy to mine data about human infrastructure. No, we have to stop with that. We're doing a a promo. Please stop. Intrigued? A little scared? Us too. Make sure to catch us every other Tuesday on your favorite Podcatcher app. See you there.